0: stop beating
1: your gums and sound the attack. All right, hello, hello, hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the We Got the Chocolates podcast uh, and let me bring you in with Skinner's favorite song. <laughs> this could be my favourite so far. <laughs> the last episode was good. I'm getting around this. Is this violin or banjo? Or yeah, My musical know. instrument knowledge is not great, We'll keep that going in yeah, the background, though. That is integral, and it's got Skinned up and about. Correct. Uh, the other potential reason for that could be skinled, and I hate to do this to you so early in the episode, but straight out of the blocks, you have tried a new flavour of alchemy syrup. I have, yes
2: The matcha Yeah, the matcha The Maho matcha heard people sure. raving about this matcha powder business for a while now Thought I'd give it a crack and happy with the results yeah Another delicious beverage You from are Alchemy, most welcome because I actually made that one for you So that probably had a lot to do oh, with yeah, it as well too. You just frothed the soy
1: milk so perfectly mm. Well done A lovely vegan plug you've yeah, got yeah. in there as well <laughs> Nice uh, Has we better welcome you, haven't heard from you yet Hey guys, how you going? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, thanks Good, mate. thanks Haz <laughs> It was a quick catch up I guess Yeah uh, but this interview that you are about to listen to has you almost single-handedly organised, you would say. In fact, definitely single-handedly organised. Um, and he is an Australian cricketer. You do have connections in that particular field, as we've established. A uh, very good one, in fact. Uh, you'll hear an interesting start about him in my little intro that I do when we play the chime here. Uh, but a man that you know quite well has. Who might that be?
3: Yes, it's Joe Burns. Uh, it's taken a while for me to actually get him in. He's uh, He was... It's tough to, tough to convince to come on the podcast, <laughs> but he's a very funny guy, and so he's well worth listening to, and I'm, I'm glad we, we finally did get him in. Yeah, he's well out. done. It was I'm a good chat. Yeah. Uh, no, it was
1: very, very useful, actually. You've done well. You asked him first probably, what, five years ago? <laughs> <laughs> um. Before we even started the podcast. And <laughs> <Yeah, that's right. laughs> so. yeah, we were planning at that stage, London. I'm sure. Uh, and we have got him in for a chat, a decent length chat, and, uh, and a great sort of combination, I guess, between... Uh, Hearing a little bit about his pathway to professional cricket, uh, but also sort of plenty of banter about yeah. Sam Hazlitt, about some of the other teammates that he has across uh, both Australian and the Queensland setup. So it is magnificent. And then also his thoughts on grade cricket and how he approaches that, which I found probably most interesting. Oh, all right, guys. Uh, tonight we are extremely lucky to be able to talk to another Australian athlete who is competing at the highest level in his sport. Um, he's one of Australia's most loved cricketers and certainly one of Hazard's most loved cricketers. Uh, a consistent member in the Queensland Bulls and Brisbane Heat teams for the last decade. He's now played 21 tests for Australia uh, with an average of 38.3, I think I'm correct in saying, and six one-day internationals. Uh, and also new information in has, this is quite big, I'm sure most people are across this, uh, but he actually is the third ranked batsman in the world in terms of the highest percentage of controlled defensive shots against pace bowling. <laughs> Trying to uh, try and work that out. Uh, the man that we are, of course, talking about is none other than Australian opening batsman Joe Burns. Joe, have we got you there? Yeah, good
0: day, boys. Thanks for having me. Uh, very exciting. I've heard lots of good things about the podcast. So looking forward to the chat.
1: Outstanding mate. No, thank you so much for being on. I know has first asked you, I think, in know, uh, sort of two thousand and seventeen, August of two thousand
3: seventeen, <laughs> and we've got you on now. So that's uh, that's been well worth the wait. And I think people have been lying to you if they've told you good things about
0: us, but you know <laughs> uh,
2: most of the good things he's heard from you though has sure. probably yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But the
0: things the things you go up to in the uh, cozy isolation. <laughs>
2: That's right, He's just got so bored that he's finally caved. we would take that. (laughs) That's good. Very good. Um, Joe, I just wanted to start by congratulating you on picking up another Cricket Australia contract for next year. You must be, I imagine, pretty happy with that.
0: Yeah, look, it's um, it's always a nice feeling when someone puts a contract in front of you, obviously. Um, (laughs) But I guess as a player, it doesn't really change too much. we, we just keep training hard and keep trying to, you know, get fixed and make runs and win games. Um, yeah, like I said, it's always good when you can go to the bank with something to try and make some life decisions with as well. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. Fantastic. Because <laughs> um, you, you obviously you had a little bit of a, a stint away from the Australian Test side during like the Ashes series. Um, which was after averaging 40-odd in your first 16 games and peeling off 180 in your last game before getting dropped. So, it was like, obviously, you weren't off to a shabby start. Did you, did you sort of go away and work on anything different at training in that period or, or what did you sort of do to, to get back to where you are? Did you just sort of just stick to the basics? Or
0: Yeah, I, I probably went the other way, to be honest. So I, I really got stuck into just breaking my game down into really simple kind of parts and Doing the basics well for long periods of time, I think, is an open batter against the red ball. Um, if you can occupy the crease for long periods of time, you're going to make runs. So, um, I wanted to make sure my my defence was really good. Um, I wanted to make sure I was making good decisions about when to lose the ball, um, and I knew that I had enough scoring shots, I guess, around those two fundamentals to then make runs. And, you know, fortunately, it kind of has come together the last few years. Um, that's the benefit of the experience. It's doesn't really happen overnight. It's um, mm. a long process and you're always learning more about the game and about your own game and um, how you get better along the
1: way. Um, Joe, this is Lee. My, my voice will sound similar to Mitch's, but uh, I'll try and speak a little bit louder for you. Uh, were you actually aware of uh, that particular statistic that we read out at the start there? Because that was the more random ones I've ever found.
0: Uh, no, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> and I certainly... Uh, wouldn't have thought that that would be the case either because I feel like I nick off a lot. <laughs> um, so I, I guess oh, I didn't realise that other guys were just nicking off more than me.
1: Yeah, that's right. Perfect. Um you uh, I guess in terms of matches played it's quite quite impressive reading really. You've played 123 first class games, 74 list A and 67 uh, T20s as well. So obviously a few sort of Australian winters spent over in England, but that's plenty of uh plenty of professional cricket you'd have to say for someone that's only 30 years old. Yeah, I, I was quite
0: lucky at a young age. That my first county stint was actually Leicestershire. I think I I was 22 or 23. Um, and look, in, in my mind, I just wanted to play as much cricket as possible and get as much experience on board um, as quick as possible. Um, I guess um, you find over the years that you know, the numbers kind of rack up without really realising. You look at the schedule these days, and we play so much cricket that mm. um, guys are coming to the game now. By the time they've played you know, 10 to 15 years, they have really have played so many games across each format. So it's one of the benefits. Um, of the modern game and you know cricket you're playing and experience you pick up along the way and um, it's all a you know learning process um, every game I've played everywhere I've played I've uh, I strongly believe I've kind of learnt something about the game um, and it kind of leads to this point in the career
3: Hey, Yeah, uh, uh, Sam here. I, I know I haven't got a word in yet because uh, because the other guys have snuck in early, but I, uh, I know we always joke when you bend down to stop a ball in a shield game that you physically shouldn't be able to do that with your lack of flexibility and back soreness, but uh, how, do you, how do you really feel on day five of a test match? Uh, <laughs>
0: just to clarify what you're talking about, so my um, fit and reach is... I'm about 30 centimeters away from touching my toes. And I always thought that, I always thought that people who could touch their toes were weirder. And it wasn't until we started testing weekly people's flexibility that I realised that I was the weird one, that I was so unflexible. Um, so I always say to the boys that there's like, when I stop the ball in the field, that technically I shouldn't be able to actually reach down to the ground and stop the ball. So, um, look, I, I feel like I'm doing pretty well in that space. Yeah, still, plenty, um, still,
3: plenty more years of cricket ahead of you then?
0: Yeah, as uh, for day five of a, of a test match, um, I, I, in some respects, sometimes five days can be easier to get through than four days because usually one of those days, Steve Smith or Marnus Lodishane or Dave Warner has made 200 and he's got to sit down all day and rest. So, um, I, you know, four innings spread over five days is, you know, there's a little bit more rest series in there. Um, the shield games are pretty tough sometimes and as you know, has when we start playing back to back games, especially late in the season, yeah, it, it is pretty taxing on the body and it shows the importance of having a really good preseason these games.
3: Yeah, definitely. I'm yeah. with you there.
1: No, that's very fair. Yeah. Um, Joe, can I just, I'll just sneak what sneak a question in here? Uh, you just you mentioned Marnus already. Actually, oh, I feel like it comes up in most of our podcast interviews, actually, uh, particularly <laughs> with cricketers. But given <laughs> given the amount of cricket that you have played, that we just read out there, uh, are you one of these guys that you think that you would be sort of Taking the call up for like a garage cricket debut? Are you do you love cricket that much, or are you probably more more keen to get a break from it when you're not actually on the field? Given the amount of games you've racked up,
0: um, it's funny because when when we're on tour, I love playing uh, cricket with Marnus in the hotels. So we'll we have like a team room, um, and a few of us will come together and we'll tape up a ball, but. What I've learnt really quickly is there's only fun if you're on Manus' team, because he's so good. So if I was going to play garage cricket, I wouldn't want to play against them. I can't pick any delivery bowls at me. Like none of them I can pick. Um, I can't get them out. So, um, look, when we, when we played two versus two, um, I think the last game we played was near Manus versus Warner and Payne. Um, and it was a pretty fun contest. So, that's what we generally get up to between kind of training sessions and day play. So um, it's a lot of fun, um, and obviously Mani takes it to a new level when he gets in his garage on his time at home yeah. and shoots playing. So um, yeah, but I, I, I love you know having Mani on tour about that. So.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have, That's that's quite. I'm, I'm impressed. Well, kind of surprised to be honest. I wouldn't have thought that you, were, um, that you were that much in love with the game, Joe. That's quite refreshing to hear.
0: Oh, look, I, I think we all love the game. The problem with the game is it's the times that you make like five ducks in a row that you start to hate it. So, <laughs> when you play like garage cricket or hotel cricket, if you get five ducks, you can just laugh it off and move on. And, <laughs> yeah, that's you right. know, there's no long walk off in front of all the cameras in front of the crowd that's teasing you, uh, making fun of you. So um, It's always a lot more fun playing in the hotel. So I'll rephrase really say that it's easier to maintain your love of the game when you're only playing in a hotel room. Compared to out on a proper
2: cricket, field. yeah, that's great insight. That's fair, actually, <laughs> very fair. Um, Joe, something I found out uh, doing a, lo- a little bit of research leading up to this interview is that you've got a fair bit of cricket sort of in your in your family history. I suppose your great uncle Harold Burns also played for Queensland back in the nineteen thirties, I believe. Have you got Have you heard any stories from him, or know any more about him that you can you can share with us? Yeah, so
0: he was a wicketkeeper. He's um he's from Cairns, um back in the 30s and he actually caught uh, Don Bradman uh, for a duck I think In I think it was I don't know if it was a Queensland game or a Queensland country game um, back in the day I, I think he caught him and he also stumped him in another inning so, yep. um, so actually it's, it's a nice nice kind of thing to have for, so here's my dad's uncle so um, my great uncle mm-hmm. he's got a wicketkeeper who's kind of on the board at Queensland tickets so I don't tell too many people this, but um, it's nice to look up and see Harold Burns. Um, he, I think he only might played three or four games for Queensland, but I think for someone that uh, was based in Cairns, a really big achievement at the time to have uh, the country hero I guess, playing um, in the Queensland team. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. class.
3: Yeah, and you, you mentioned he was a wicketkeeper. You didn't emulate that, but you do rate yourself with the gloves. You're a, a Brisbane Heat keeper in a trial game up at the sunny coast a couple of years ago.
0: So I always tease people about uh, how they get to appear with gloves on. <laughs> thinking is literally the hardest thing I've ever <laughs> imagined on a cricket field. A, I, I was scared that every time the batter tried to play a cut shot off the spinner that they were going to hit me in the head, so I'd start backing away. <laughs> yeah, and funny. just the squatting up and down um, is so physically draining on your body. So I think I kept the nine overs and I instantly had... The biggest respect for every keeper that's ever kept in the history of cricket, So yeah. Lee, I know you keep, don't you? So I do, yeah, um, do.
1: but Joe, yeah, I've a got a lot to, of respect. I've got to say, uh, given given sort of the start that you mentioned about your sit and reach test, um, I'm not surprised that you found <laughs> <laughs> that you found the squatting element a little bit more challenging. It's
0: funny. After after two overs, I stopped squatting. I just said. Standing there like a third yeah, Some that's the power stance. Looking at me like, "What yeah, you,
3: doing? <laughs> you might be alright if you stick with it. I mean, <laughs> you cash well in the slips. Maybe it's because you put a lot of effort into your uh, your eyesight and keeping that sharp. Tell us about your different uh, light refracting sort of devices you use for your eyesight.
1: Yeah, I'm intrigued by this, Joe. This is inside information from Has. We we knew nothing of it, but I'm quite intrigued. So I um I actually wear contact lenses when
0: I play cricket. Um, so it started a few years ago. I've got a astigmatism in one of my eyes, so I had to wear a hard lens at night. This is going back maybe six or seven years to kind of give myself better vision for when I played cricket, and then that kind of evolved into just wearing soft contacts when I played. Given um, I was seeing the optometrist so much, I, I kind of got into uh, like the whole eye training kind of sphere of life, which just changed my perspective on everything, um, all our coaches will always tell us to watch the ball. So it kind of made sense to me that we kind of start training our eyes to be able to see the ball, lock onto the ball really well. Um, I casually try and get the guys to almost, you know, like awaken that side of their training.
4: Yeah.
0: I get teased a lot, as Tasman my <laughs> to, because I've got like little prisms and whatnot that I'll use just to uh, warm up the eyes, or the training, them, to strengthen them. But I'm a I'm a big believer in that. If you can maintain a good eyesight and strong muscles in your eyes, it's as good as any other training you can do in the game.
1: That's elite, that, yeah. and like you're, and Joe, uh, you're obviously fairly convinced that like it's actually made a significant difference, significant difference to to your batting. I guess like have you seen improvements?
0: Ah, uh, look, I, I, I think. What, what I always find is if I haven't played the game for a few weeks, I actually, uh, little things like when you're catching in the splits, you might just lose track of the ball for uh, a moment. Yeah. And what I find is if I'm doing my eye training, my eyes actually become really strong at being able to lock onto the ball. It um, doesn't make any difference to your technique and how you actually play the ball from there. But yeah. I, I guess if you're giving yourself every opportunity to see it early and to, uh, you Know, see the ball as best you can, then you're you're better chance of either hitting it with the bat or catching it. Um, so I guess that's that's my belief anyway. And it's, I think, in by the time you get to my age, any training you do, if you don't do it, it rattles you so much because we become so superstitious and so used to routines that I just need to do it now. And I just put all the haters in the change room out of my mind when I'm sitting there with a prism going back and forth in in front of my eyes. It's funny because at, at the Queensland level, I'm not too fussed because a lot of the guys are quite younger and <laughs> yeah. like they'll make a joke that they, they won't go too hard at me. It's when I'm in the Aussie chamber that I'm kind of, I have to do it like in the toilet for the like way people can you can right. see me because uh, I don't want to spend the whole day then teased by like the pain or warning <laughs> or waiting yeah, right. the whole day in the
1: field. Oh, that's a totally different dynamic. Has um Has, has had a go at it, Joe? Is he intrigued by it? Because Mitch oh, Mitch is like, you, you're obviously not going to know this, but Mitch is a complete science geek. Um, and so I can see sort of his eyes rolling in his head and I know for a fact that he will definitely try this out in the next three days. Um, <laughs> so Has Has had a crack at it.
0: I'm not sure. Has have you? I don't think has ha, has, but uh, I tell you, I was rooming with Ben Cutting one time, and I was I had like a little contraction that I set up, and he used cards and we try and move the cards together, and um, him and his uh, fiance Aaron Holland had a go it. I remember that they thought it was the biggest load of crap <laughs> they've ever seen, and then apparently Touchy. He pulled the shoe race out of his shoe and started doing the eye exercise before he opened the batting before a heat game one day. So it's funny how over two years after I first introduced it to him, he actually has now incorporated into his batting (laughs) agent as well. You've broken it. Mind you, I don't think Patsy's batting is a great advertisement for my (laughs) eyes. but he's definitely um, definitely on board as well. So, mate, I'm more than welcome to. Show people out there the, the sorts of training I do. Provided that they do keep an open mind, they don't sledge me
1: about it in grade cricket when I play against you guys. <laughs> no, 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 they should. We'll probably get to uh, we'll Probably get to your grade cricket record at some stage, but I don't think we're in um, a boat where we're able to sledge you. <laughs>
3: yeah, I probably, I probably should give it a go. I, uh, I probably don't want to get teased as well, Joe. That's probably why I haven't gone to it just yet. But probably yeah, is has a good gets idea. teased
1: for enough things that we also get to. At some stage,
3: <laughs> yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe Joe, you should give the products from Alchemy Cordials Australia a go. I'm not sure they've been scientifically uh. improved to uh, to pr- improve your eyesight, but they do taste exquisite and also have a range of superfood products, uh, notably matcha, turmeric, and beetroot, that I reckon it'd be right up your alley, mate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a shameless plug. Hang on, was that? A- <laughs> <laughs> what
0: was that? <laughs> I I thought we were breaking through like
1: an info commercial. <laughs> that was actually pre-recorded, Joe. I just hit a button and Haz's voice just fruits. <laughs> <right. laughs> no, <but> seriously, seriously. Alchemy
3: <laughs> <I'll come, laughs> Australia, you've give it done, a go. You've
1: done that with the straightest face <laughs> as well. You and Joe that just said well. nothing. It was yeah. like dead silent. It was genuine infographic. <laughs> 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 that was excellent. No, but yeah, well, well, well plugged, Haz. And obviously, thank you very much to Alchemy as well. Skittle. Uh, uh, yes, I did
2: have a question. Joe. So we've mentioned your, your brief stint with the wicket-keeping gloves. I wanted to talk about you also sort of fancy yourself with the ball, I believe, like most batsmen going around, I suppose. I know I'm always in lazy trying to get a trundle in great cricket. Um, I just wanted to ask sort of how that's going for you. Is it something you actually work on or, or want to play a decent role in your in your game or is, or is it just a little bit of a hobby? <laughs> bit of a garage cricket okay. hobby. So I'm, I'm,
0: I'm very open about this. I cannot bowl. So, I bowl absolute junk.
4: (laughs) Okay.
0: Um, But uh, I think what people overlook, um, not so much in red ball cricket, but in white ball cricket, is that sometimes I think batters make very good bowls simply because they know what the other batter is thinking and feeling and trying to do. Mm. Um, And in white ball cricket, you don't have to spin spin the ball. You just have to be able to set a field and be able to hit a reasonable area and kind of understand the, the match situation. So, I think um, batters can play a really useful role with the ball and white ball cricket. I'm always uh, – i I've seen Haz his left arm off. I reckon Haz is the most underrated bowler in Australian domestic cricket. Um,
1: what about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Thanks, uh,
0: <laughs> to the point where we played the Shield final um, <laughs> and I was standing at first split. and I was pushing – I was I was pushing for like ten overs I was like mate. I was talking to Jimmy as keeper. I was like, Jimmy, this dude has a bowl, mate. He's bowling good, like he'll get a wicket you need a wicket here. It's flat, he can create something. So Jimmy's like, Okay, shut up, stop telling me oh, I'll just bowl has. I'll give him one over. Haz <laughs> sold five full tosses in a row <laughs> and left for about twenty off the over. I oh, looked at him I said, Has <laughs> I was like, I'm never
3: ever talking up your bowling to the captain every day. <laughs> no, look, me, me, like you, Joe, I'm a white ball bowler. That's what I do. <laughs> and it, was only three, it was only three runs off the over, but there were probably five full tosses. I'll give you that. <laughs> five full tosses for three runs is still making something happen. <laughs>
1: That's good. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, very fair. Um, because Joe, you've actually taken—I reckon—you could probably talk these stats up quite, quite, uh, quite impressively. Because you've actually taken triple the amount of wickets in 2020 mm. cricket um, as you sort of have in the, in the longer format games of four-day and one-day cricket. So you could say that you actually have found like a bit of a niche, yeah. a, a specialty there, couldn't you?
0: When you say triple, I think I've taken one. One wicket in first class cricket, so it must be three yes. <laughs> in, in white <laughs> That is uh, correct. I um, <laughs> oh, look, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I, I I get really really nervous when I bowl, um, and I kind of enjoy that. Like uh, I found when I was bowling, I go into games. I wouldn't even think about my batting. Like if I knew I was opening the bowling and bowling first over. Um, I'd be down at the Nets, like my local Nets, at like 9 a.m. just bowling and bowling and bowling. And it kind of like really invigorated invigorated my mindset around the game. Um, When you're standing at the top of your mark and you realize that there's no Nets, and the the wicket looks seriously like four times longer than it does in the Nets as well. Like I'm looking, I'm like Jimmy. I'm pretty sure this wicket's been marked out wrong we've got to (laughs) come take that. And it's like, I I didn't appreciate just how tough it is to bowl in those situations. I was always one of those people that thought that bowlers had six chances to get it right. Baggers make one mistake and they're out. But, when you're standing it on top of your mark and you're looking at the batter and all you're thinking is, like, he's going to hit me everywhere and I don't even know if I can get it on the wicket. It's completely <laughs> different perspective to a game. Um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. It, it is a lot of fun.
1: You know, we've definitely got to get at some stage, Joe, we've got to get you because you do some excellent work on sort of the player mic and the after game with Burnsy sort of set up. We've got to get you, I reckon, on player mic as you're about to bowl over <laughs> in the big <laughs> match and just running. You know, the commentators are always sort of like, what are you thinking here? Mate, what are you thinking? Just giving your thoughts about how you're scared about it not going on the pitch. <laughs> quite enlightening.
0: I, I actually, uh, I actually got in trouble one time. Um, I think it was Fox or uh, whoever the broadcaster was. I bowled, I bowled a short cut. I actually got cut off the front foot, one bounce forward. That's how bad the ball it was. <laughs> and I, I, I actually said like a profanity. As the ball was halfway down the wicket. Um, and the broadcasters came to me and they're like, look, we can edit out, like we've got a dump button, but we can't do it if you, if you say it before the batter hits the ball because the mics are up to hear the contact of the ball. So I'm probably not the best person to mic up. Over <laughs> only because I don't know how to control my anger around my, my poor
2: delivery. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's um, and Joe, have you? Do you get a bit more of a trundle when you come back to grade cricket? Have you got any sort of big names that you've managed to pick up in grade cricket? Any big scalps for it?
1: Because Renners has like a full eleven. Hey, like yeah. Renners Renner selects like oh, he's probably. I'm sure you're aware of that, Joe. I'm sure he's probably chewed your ear off about it. Are you in it actually? Has he got? Has he ever got you out, Bansy? No, nah, Renners has never got was
0: <laughs> I was very nervous facing him. <laughs> um, I just lost him. I, I didn't want to be in that eleven. Um, no, I, I actually, I, I, I've only ever got grade with its bowling pace, um, and that was uh. back when I first started, like second innings to bowling medium paces. Mm. I think when I um, start bowling off because I I'd get like a few overs in in club cricket just to get some experience in the middle of bowling off spin. Um, you well, treat me with too much respect like they would block me thinking that I could bowl like I'm only effective if you're trying to hit me for six and I have a long arm or cow corner um, so I generally bowl like two overs like nine to seven would just be like boring old cricket I'd, I'd be like okay someone else bowl like this is gonna go nowhere because I can't I can't spin them so it's not like I can get you out if you're just gonna block me right okay. um,
1: Yeah. fair.
3: I think, uh, I think we'll move on from your bowling, Joe. I don't know how, how that's taken so, up sure? so much of our time going. in our chat. Yeah, though. right. I thought we were going
1: to get a 20-minute segment then. Just, <laughs> just what variety of deliveries he's got. All sorts. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.
3: but uh, we, we know you grew up in Coulomb at the sunny coast and you love your skateboarding. Uh, do you still get a chance to go to the skate park every now and then?
0: Yeah. I like, it, it's funny. Um, during this isolation period, um, I've only just gotten like into like technology, like Netflix and and things like that. And people said like, didn't you watch TV growing up? And I, and I just said like, no, like I was outside doing stuff like it's I, I, I just thought again, like every kid was just out and about like skateboarding and playing in the streets, like having a good time. Um in particular when you talk to people in Sydney and Melbourne and they're cross like how to like someone's explaining to me how to tether the internet from their phone onto their computer <laughs> or vice versa. And I'm like, man, all I know is like where the local basketball courts are around Britain, like it, it's such a different um kind of uh upbringing that we we have in disney around being outdoors and just getting out and doing stuff but up in coolam there's a really cool skate park there mm, um yeah uh, i probably nearly broke my wrist a few times just trying to drop in <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: um but yeah it's you know it was a lot of fun um you, you've been there has I've, I've showed you the, the skate park in the past um, yeah um really good memories
3: no, Lee and I and Mitch as well have been skateboarding a little bit lately, actually, and I think Lee nearly broke his wrist the other day. Yeah, kick. as it turns
1: out, Joe, uh, being twenty nine years old and trying to learn a new skill is actually not that conducive to being really good at skateboarding. <laughs> um, so my wrists have also copped an absolute battering over the last couple of days, and then Has gets on it. Mate, what's,
0: yeah. what's worse than that is being thirty years old and trying to think of how you're going to tell pretty Australia you broke your wrist. <laughs> 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 yeah. Like, yeah I did it in the net facing a shortfall
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right and uh, you've been in the process in the past of starting up and running a, a surf clothing brand how's that going mate? I, don't, I haven't heard much of that lately
0: yeah so it was an idea um, originally from my mate that wanted to get into it and I, I love the idea um, and we, we basically had it all set up um, and I wasn't Quite in the Aussie team at the time. Um, and now, unfortunately, just the, the time commitment wasn't kind of going to allow us to do it as well as what we wanted to. And it was only ever going to be a hobby anyway. Um, so I think it's still kind of there on the back burner. We've got some um, good ideas. And I think it's one of those things that you kind of do just to have a bit of fun and to, to learn a little bit about uh, business and, and dealing with, you know, um, Retailers and all everything that goes with it, but it's not quite off the ground yet. But you guys will be the first one, and I'll, I'll get you guys some shirts.
3: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, and we'll you be know be the, who who the first people are you should um, you should look to get your sponsorship out there with We can we can help you out. You can sponsor the podcast, and, and we can we can spread the word for it. Yeah,
1: I think you know Joe has does not mind a sponsor, so he would definitely <laughs> find room. <laughs> Um, now Joe This one This, this question I must say um, uh, You know Again Inside information Obviously has knows you quite well Spent a bit of time with you uh, I try not to compliment has Very much But there are two things That he does quite well And they are Skating and surfing I'm sure there's others as well, but I mean, we cricket mate. well. Nah, yeah, that's oh, okay. up, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But he he's surfing particularly, he loves to sort of laugh at kooks like me who are not very good. Uh, so I wanted to sort of see where you sit in uh in terms of like a, a Sam Hazlitt rating in your surfing, if you're sort of at the, the beginner level with me, or if you're up near this sort of building of an empire, surf empire with Sam Hazlitt, where where are you rating yourself there? And then we might get Haz to Stop give me. his rating off you as well.
0: No, I am very open about this because I get pledged about this a lot. <laughs> I am no I am a horrible surfer. <laughs> I love I love the lifestyle. Like I, <laughs> I love getting out on the water, um, you know, the sun, the surf, um the surfer, of chicks, a hot air. <laughs> like it what's not like what's not to love about surfing
4: yeah.
0: um, and I get keys people will be like oh but you can't even stand up it's like, <laughs> you don't have to stand up to be able to enjoy surfing and the lifestyle that it brings I'm more than happy just to sit on the beach with a coffee around the surface. um so I, I just want
1: to clarify that straight off the bat. But I'm happy that he has his rating if, he, if he's got <laughs> I one. Reckon, I reckon he might, that's for oh. sure. I just love the thought of like, Joe, <laughs> went to like, Joe, what did you do on the weekend? I just went for
3: surf. And by that, I mean, I sat on the beach and drank coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I don't think I need to give you a rating after you've just, Talked about yourself like that, so we'll <laughs> leave it at that. But I think Cricket Australia might have to change their biography of you, then, because I think it definitely says that you love to surf on it. Um, yeah, but is it? that means I really he love does. To he surf. loves the lifestyle. <laughs> Wait, like,
0: that's that's the thing. I love to surf. I'm just not good at it. Like <laughs> I love to bat as well, but I nick off every <laughs> ball. Like, like this, this is. Uh, I, I I'm constantly clarifying this biography that they've got on me because it's correct I, I love surfing i love the lifestyle
3: yeah fair enough well next time you go surfing give me a call and i'll come up there and bring my no talk surfboard and we can surf together yeah nice uh again wow. should, dude. <laughs> this
1: is
0: another info yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: there's always two per episode no again brilliant but also uh don't joe do not do that he is a stinking teacher he will honestly like go a kilometer away from you and catch as many waves as possible while you're still floundering
0: I've been surfing I've, I've been with Haz a few times, um, and it, it's, it's really enjoyable. The, the thing is, I was still at that point where Haz didn't realize I sucked. So <laughs> I'd always be like, hey, man, I need to change boards. I need one that's, like, easy to stand up on. <laughs> I got to a point where I think Haz gave me, like, four or five different surfboards to use, and I just, like, I was horrible with all of them. And I just admitted to him like, look, mate, I didn't think it would come to this, but I cannot <laughs> surf, like... I'm just happy being out here on the water. I'm happy watching you do your thing. Um, I think your dad's come out a few times. Like I love talking to have his dad out on the water. I don't think he realizes
1: that I can't surf yet. Just keep keep up that act. That's
3: quality.
0: Yeah. So it's a lot of fun there.
3: There was actually something else when I did some research that I found that we had in common as well as our love for surfing. And that was that um, both of us grew up with parents as teachers, I believe. Um, did, Did they ever get to teach you?
0: Uh, no, they they never taught me. Um, but I I think, like, I'm actually quite proud of the fact that both my parents were teachers. I I think, um, like, it it instills some good values in you from a young age. Like, I, I just assume that everyone kind
4: of,
0: as a youngster, that everyone just, like, your life revolves around getting in, doing hard work, working long hours kind of thing. And I think it kind of comes across now in how, I approach things like you only get out what you put in um now I, I i'm sure you probably feel the same has like to see your parents just on your way as teachers giving back to the community the way they do it's, um, it's a great thing to have as a as an upbringing in your values
3: yeah i was very lucky to have my, my parents with teachers they could help me out and and uh, yeah, i have a lot of respect for teachers they they work very hard and, and do a good job thank you has correct <laughs> Yeah, leads a t- a teacher too. So, yeah, to that's right. A- no, that was awesome
1: to listen to, Joe. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what my, you-
0: my, my parents. My parents. My parents did not help me with homework. so I don't understand why. <laughs> <No>.
1: um,
0: <laughs> they could have helped me out a, a hell of a lot in school, but for some reason they didn't.
1: They were probably um, they were probably like fairly sick of helping kids by the time they got home to you, Joe. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I'll never forgive him for not
0: helping me. I always hold that against them.
3: You are actually very qualified, or so you tell us anyway, Bernsy. Apparently, you're a fully qualified plumber.
0: What? Yeah, not not fully qualified, has it? Um, <laughs> I was actually employed as an apprentice plumber at one time, and I actually learnt, to be fair, I, I learnt as much as an apprentice would um, as a plumber, Not quite signed off. Um, I wouldn't be coming to me for plumbing work, but I think I would be able to fix my own kind of toilet or sink wherever it is. Um, I wouldn't be ringing me up in the yellow pages That's handy. That's
3: good.
1: (laughs) Um, Joe, if I could use that as a bit of a springboard to ask uh, like a slightly serious question, I guess. I I read an article, it was about you from ages ago to be fair that's not very well researched I haven't been very specific there Um, but it was sort of actually talking about like your pathway to uh, professional cricket and the fact that probably different to some of the other stories that we hear that like we talk about the fact that you were employed as an apprentice plumber and stuff like that you were actually never really sort of touted as like that child prodigy or, or like quitting school at 13 to concentrate on cricket like that you were actually quite convinced you were sort of probably heading down the road of a nine-to-five sort of work workforce uh, job. And then and then as you put it, it was just like you just scored a lot of runs and went up the grades and things can happen pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, it's. Um, I've always said this. I'm, I'm quite fortunate the, the path I've kind of had that led into professional cricket. I went to uni, stayed at school um, and did a business degree. Um so my life kind of revolved around lectures, tutorials, uh, meeting other students. I basically went to club training um, on Tuesdays and Thursday nights to like uh, as something to do in you know, a social aspect, really. Um, and the thing with professional cricket is you, you don't apply for the job. You know, like It's not like you sit in an interview and um, put your resume forward. you basically just like cricket comes to you. Um, I was living my life. With, with plans I'd finish my degree hopefully get, get a job in business um, but as it turned out kind of as I entered into that last kind of semester of studies um, I then got picked to Queensland um, uh, to make my debut for the Bulls and then from there you know like your career just kind of takes takes path. and I, I, I'll say to this day like I, I'm still I still kind of see myself as like a just like a guy that was like finishing his business degree with a, about to step into the real world. Um, and then cricket came along and was kind of swept off my feet. And the day that cricket finishes, I get de-listed or retire. Um, I'm looking forward, I guess, to going back to that life that I once kind of imagined it would be, to go out there and apply for a job and to use the qualifications in the areas I was interested in to kind of see what else is out there in life. And I think that perspective of the game um, is kind of lost a little bit at the moment. Um, unfortunately, I, I think for the guys coming through, there's a lot more pressure on them because they, they are kind of um, put in the program to a younger age um, and there's a lot more expected of them. Um, and I, I imagine it's really tough for guys to come in. You know, like you leave school with a view that you're trying to be a professional cricketer. When you play your first game, there'd be so much pressure on you to make it Make it work. Whereas for me, uh, my first game was just a bonus to the life I was already kind of building around. So the landscape has changed. It's become a lot more professional. Um, but it's, uh, I think that's added a lot more pressure on to, to young guys as well. And I can only imagine how they, how they deal with it. Um, it, it's tough. You know, there's always pros and cons to everything you do around professionalism, but. Yeah, you know, my is a little bit
1: different to, to others, I guess. Yeah, my well, that's actually, that's very cool to listen to, to be honest, because you probably don't hear that as much, as you've already said, you probably don't hear that as much now. Probably people are earmarked when they're 14 years old and, yeah. and then have a serious amount of expectation placed upon them, I guess you'd have to say, as, as you've already put, so... That's quite impressive. I think my, my actual first-grade debut, Joe, was, was against you. Um, you probably don't remember. my sort of 29 off 160. Um, but <laughs> that, uh, the, the, that was... I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, that was at the start of your sort of run towards the Queensland side. And, um, and we, we thought we'd, we'd gone really well. We'd made 170 and uh, Burnsy batted for the last sort of hour of the day. And they were none for 120. At the, end of, <laughs> at the end of the day, so that was brilliant. What a game.
0: <laughs> Look, I, I think I always feel bad for positions Because I reckon I would have been slashed in that game. Was that at North?
1: Yeah, it was at North, so.
0: <laughs> yeah. so I think we were slashed in that game. You were. Um, you definitely were. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of, it's a bit of a piss take really because one team goes out there and bats with a view that it's like a two-day game. They're trying to slap the game. I get to walk out there being like, this is now a 2020 for me because I'm not coming back next week anyway. So it's an unfair advantage that you can just log with no consequences. Like it's, it's kind of like one of the, uh, loopholes is having a, a state player splashed into, into drag cricket. So I don't know how they can get around it, but it's not always, um, that simple i'm sure if i was playing the next week trust me i would have been blocking the hell out of (laughs) not like because i didn't want to get out and and ruin my my next weekend so Mm. um it was a lucky situation man
1: okay fair um and bernsey uh, Charlie Humphrey, we've had him on the podcast before uh, and he he sort of referred to the fact that you have uh, elected to give yourself a nickname at times. We often speak a little bit about nicknames on the podcast but uh, the, the you've, you've referred to yourself in the past as Burgy sometimes. <laughs> Are you able to shed any more light on
0: that? Well, I was on an absolute tear in, in uh, club cricket one year. Like I, was, I think I made like 100, 200. Hundred. <laughs> uh, I rocked up for state training <laughs> to right, the boys the medal was already won I've like, <laughs> <I> won it <laughs> so I call myself it's not Bernsie it's Bergey <laughs> I, I didn't even make the top 20 <laughs> <laughs> like oh, so, so like,
1: much better yeah. when you tell it
0: <laughs> yeah it, like it was uh, one of those Way too early call things in the year. I don't think i made a run in club it for the rest of the year. Did not make the top 20 at the end of the season. Because I was looking at it, I was like, okay, I haven't won it. I think Andrew Doe might have won it. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, surely I've come like second or third or something. <laughs> not even in the top 20. It was so embarrassing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh. Oh, that's elite, <laughs> um, uh, Joe, Joe. You uh, you mentioned your uh, basketball, like the fact that you knew where the local basketball court was uh, when you were living on the sunny coast. There, you do definitely follow the NBA in America. Is that is that correct? Uh, what what team do you get behind there? And has the Michael Jordan yeah. documentary influenced you at all? Um, well, first of all, the,
0: the documentary was a little bit like it, it's great to watch. Um, it's like a little bit before my time. I. I kind of, I remember, so when I was like five or six years old, Saturday mornings they would show the NBA. So we would see maybe one game a week televised. I think it might have been on ABC or SBS, um, including like the finals. So I, I got some memories of Michael Jordan, but they're, they're not like distinct memories. Um, so the way I follow the game now, like it's, it, I have a completely different perspective on the game now because I can see pretty much every game. I don't really follow a particular team as much as I just love the storylines between the players and um, like the banner that they throw at each other on Twitter and the beats yeah. that they have. It's, it's like watching like a, a sitcom, really. Um, and then I delve a little bit deeper and just once you um, start to understand the players' backgrounds and what motivates them and how they approach the game because it's so cutthroat for those guys to make it American sport. It's actually quite inspirational, yeah. um, how they approach it all. And I started to try and incorporate that mindset because a lot of these guys come from, you know, like they'll come from the slums and they need to make their sport work to have success for their family and whatnot. Um, and we try and, I guess, transfer that mindset and that state of mind into the, the game that we play and how we approach training and playing. And it's, um, yeah, it's something that oh, I, I love. You know, oh. I, I love kind of learning about the game and all the all the players that
3: are in it. And in a uh, in a pre COVID world, Joe, you'd be known to be down at the local basketball court playing with some whoever was down there, just random people down at the, yes. uh, the local court, couldn't you?
0: Yeah. So um, it's funny because I'm not really one of the cool kids at the basketball court. So I like to lock up like, by myself or maybe with one other person. And, um, there'll usually be like another team of like three or four guys that know each other. So I'll get paired with like, like a group, like there might be like, generally what happens is there's two or three, uh, I think they're Chinese guys and I'll be paired up with them, but I can't speak their language. So I'm just getting like abused in like Mandarin or Chinese, um, whatever it is. I, I, I refuse to play defense. I can't make any shots. So I try and play point guards. I think they really got good to do the plays point guard. So uh, I generally lose every pick up basketball game I played. I've got a lot of chemistry issues with my teammates at the moment that we're working through.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Well I've got three three, sorry, three rapid questions to sort of uh, build on on the back of your answers there. Uh, first of all, if you're taking a bulls player, Queensland Bulls player to basketball with you for a like two V two challenge. Who are you taking?
0: Um, I'm going to take Matthew Renshaw. Because mm. I reckon he could throw the most shots. <laughs> like, like, I think to play, like, street basketball, like because no one can really play. Like, no one's really great. But if you can manually disintegrate the opposition, that's as good as throwing a bucket anyway. So I'd take Renshaw. Okay,
1: perfect. Second question, uh, can you referenced the NBA sort of Twitter beef that you that you quite like. Have you ever been started? Uh, ever been tempted to start a Twitter row with anyone else? <laughs> Maybe not basketball related, but just in general.
0: Uh, there was this one guy from Ipswich one day that um, he thinks I'm like the worst cricketer I've ever been on this planet. What? I I kind of got into like a bit of like a Twitter beef with him, and then I just lost him. I was like, ah, like I don't. As soon as you fight one, it's like it's like shooting pigeons. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's like four thousand people who
1: also think you suck. you yeah. yeah. their <laughs> views as well. Okay, yeah, very fair. Uh, and then last of all, you know, what are the strengths that you are bringing to your basketball game? Would you say, if you're just selling yourself uh, when, when you're trying to get play, people to pick you on their team, what what are you saying are your strongest attributes?
0: Um, passing. Similarly, because I know my weaknesses, I know I don't do anything I, like I can't score and I can't defend, so I can pass the ball to you to score the ball, and I can stand on <laughs> the wing and mark the worst at, attacker.
2: It's <laughs> very well very sold, very fair. Um, and Bernsy, have you have you had the chance to get over to America and see any NBA games or anything yet, or, or is that sort of still on the bucket list? Or? Um, yeah, I've,
0: I've actually been a few times. Um, right, uh, generally. Um, in April and May, like when, when we get our holiday to, it's usually the first place I, I try and get to. Just it's, it's so, like, the, just the lifestyle around sport over there is so good to, I guess, the culture is similar to Australia, so it's relaxed in terms of going over there and it being easy just to settle in. And then the fact that they've got so much sport on every night and then every morning there's a talk show and during the day there's different shows. Like, you can just sit in a hotel and just follow sport all day it's good fun and that time of year the weather's pretty good as
2: well so you can still get some of your own training yeah right um and you mentioned i think i think maybe before we started recording that you were you're were meant to be over there during the off season in america is that um how what happened there obviously is your trips sort of been cancelled with the whole global pandemic going on Was that <laughs> yeah. we you cutting it fine it's in tended, terms of it's
1: done a bit of that hasn't it yeah
2: <laughs> but were you cutting it <laughs> yeah, fine so, in terms of like plane tickets and stuff or
0: so, it's funny, I keep seeing these articles about people missing out on IPL on county cricket, but, man, literally, like, today, I was meant to be sitting in Santa Monica drinking coffee. Yeah. So, the yeah. biggest loser out of COVID out of all the cricket players here is me. <laughs> like, that, tops, that tops everything. I don't care about the $3 million IPL contract. No. The fact that you could be sitting in LA just relaxing is, is yeah. being awesome, but... Look, in all seriousness, um, cricket kind of pales in comparison to the events of the world at the moment as well. So I think, you know, we'll, we'll get through all of this together and there'll be a time and place to, to get back to America and be on holidays, but you just want everyone to be safe.
3: Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Joe, we've talked about a lot of sports that you've played and all your talents in, in cricket and other sports, but apparently you could, also, could have also made it in rugby union as an explosive ball-running centre.
0: Yeah, I, I don't quite know what what you mean about made it um, <laughs> because I didn't really um, like. I, I felt like I was okay at rugby, but I didn't really enjoy it. Like I, I was pretty scared of getting injured, to be honest. Um, so it was a pretty easy decision just to get stuck in the the trick. I, I went to Nudgee College that has a really strong uh, rugby kind of pedigree to it, um, and rugby is a big part of high school uh, for all the students there, and it was a lot of fun at the time, but I could not imagine uh, playing rugby at any decent level with the size of the guys and the contact that they have. Um, it would be incredibly tough.
3: Yeah, put a bit but of mayo on that.
0: I'm also, I that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also too slow, too uncoordinated, and not big enough. So uh I don't think I could make it either. <laughs> do you go mental, mental it, disintegration? Do, <laughs> do you go
1: around in the uh, touch footy games at Queensland cricket? Rip, are you ripping those up?
0: I used to be good uh I think about eight years ago. Oh, um, no. no, our squad now, um like we go an extremely athletic squad, like the guys are all really talented athletes. Um so now it's kind of, I either have to be like primary forehander or just get on the wing. Like I can't be anywhere where like I can get isolated and attack. Like I, I either just master winger and just chill um, or I get stuck in the middle where there's enough guys either side of me because yeah. like you get guys like Haz who are incredibly fast and you cannot keep up with them. Haz, yeah. hey, do, do you remember when we played, um, we, we broke up in a smaller team? And it was like all these four. That was like the worst day of my life. Like, chasing around, like, I'm chasing after like these four, like, 20 year old kids. And I'm like, man, can you guys like have a beer or something and just like live a little and like stop stop running so far?
3: Yeah, you're definitely a target of mine there for my my right (laughs) footstep. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, Bernie, I've got a, a slightly off-topic question for you, but we've obviously sort of gone through and, and trawled back through some of your tweets and stuff leading up to this interview. So I had to ask: Did you ever end up having any luck picking up sort of backstage tickets to that Eminem concert or, or the Hilltop Woods?
1: We were at that concert as well, Bernie. We also didn't
2: get backstage passes. Yeah, no, we were in the nosebleeds. But <laughs> yeah. that was a um, that was
0: a great concert. But nah, I didn't. Um, I truly came across a little bit too desperate. I think but <laughs> it was a great, great concert.
1: <laughs> it was it was fantastic. Yeah, that's a shame. It didn't seem like you'd had any help because there was never sort of a tweet saying, "Unbelievable experience. Here's my <laughs> photo with Eminem," which we kind of yeah. would have thought more to come after that.
0: Yeah, in hindsight, I don't think like Eminem really cares. It's like there's some random dude from like the upper desk who plays cricket him and being like, Bro, get me backstage." So I, I don't know what I was thinking there.
2: Yeah, right. I can't imagine I uh, wouldn't even know about cricket, I'm sure. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, never wrapped it's not a massive it. thing in, no. in America. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, um, we're, nearly, we're nearly finished here, Joe. We, we've had you for quite a while now, so it won't take too much more of your time. But back to cricket for one more question. Uh, you, you became great mates with uh, Australia's other opening batter, David Warner, during your initial stint in the Aussie team. However, there was talk during the Ashes tour that one of our Bulls teammates, Michael Nesser, ended up leapfrogging you in the pecking order and, and Dave began enjoying spending time with Ness more when you weren't there. So have you been able to claw your way back to being number one since being back in the Australian squad recently or is Ness still the favourite? I
1: love how you finish with the hard-hitting questions, <laughs> the hardest-hitting questions at the end of the interview.
0: As it was like seeing seeing a ex-girlfriend with their new partner. It was horrible, <laughs> like to the point where this summer, this is Nestle's twelfth man for most of the game. Every time a wicket would fall, I'd see those two like hugging each other, and I used to get so jealous that I, I just turned into a bad person. I started taking shots at both of them. Then like, uh, like uh, I can't even repeat the things I was saying to him. But <laughs> got, it's um, I think you always have a really close relationship with your open partner because you you always find yourself in the exact same situation when you go out to bat. So you rely on each other from a preparation and, and playing perspective to kind of lean on each other and to help you help you through it. Um, so I think every. Every everyone I've opened with, I've always got along really well with. Um, and then Ness is just a great fella as well, so I think Ness would be able to get along with anyone in the world. So, um, it, like I said, though, I, I was very jealous when I saw those two kind of spending so much time together, and I was on the other.
1: <laughs> um, Joe, just to just to wind up, we try and give this opportunity to every single person that we ever speak to. Uh, if you are ever sort of put on the spot, and they they come up to you and say. Bernsie, we need you to do a sportsman's luncheon. Uh, you've got not many hours' notice. Do you have any stories uh, that you know that you are immediately going to, that you're just that you either a gun at telling or that are just hilarious, that it doesn't even matter how you tell them, you know that it's going to be appreciated? Oh,
0: um, the only... Like, I, I'd love to tell you stories about
1: hate. Um, <laughs> That's generally uh, It's generally what people example. do, funnily enough.
0: Yeah, for example... Um, and I originally when Haz came into the team, it got told to me, and I actually saw this first hand that Hazard takes take like the soap and the shampoo and the conditioner from each hotel would fans. So he's stealing, <laughs> he'd steal soap <stripes>, basically from <laughs> hotels. Um, and I used to, I used to get stuck into him non stop about, like, Haz, what are you doing? Him? like Stop doing shampoo, like blah, blah, blah. And then two things happened. A, there was one night where I needed some, I think, washing detergent. And then Hazard was like, oh, I got some. (laughs) I got some out of his bag. And I was like, okay, I can't tease him about this anymore. But also, we were playing against New South Wales. And Sean Abbott, so Sean Abbott bowls incredibly fast. He knew about it somehow, and he starts sledging Has about stealing washing detergent from the hotel. So what, Sabah, like, oh, a,
3: every time I play New South Wales, Sabah gets in my ear about s- soap and shampoo. He asks me how the shampoo is <laughs> at the hotel we're saying uh, Yeah, oh, it annoys me so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, awful. well,
0: it, as soon as that started happening, I was like, okay, I think he's copping it enough out in the credit field. That I. I I can't also contribute to, as much as I find it odd that he's kind of stealing small sachets of soap. <laughs> I'm just going to, like, I think Sean Abbott's giving him enough that hopefully he learns his lesson not to do it again, or at least not make it public knowledge. Yeah. You have, know? you, have you stopped that ass?
3: Yeah, I've stopped it now. Okay. <laughs> I've got enough saved up, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> Uh, well, that probably,
1: uh, that probably launches perfectly into um, <laughs> a, a segment that we've actually just started uh, on the podcast, something that we will be running for the next couple of weeks. Uh, on the back of sort of Luke, well, it was actually Luke Feldman was the first person to come in and sort of start the train of just uh, sort of sledging about about how... What do you say? Fiscally responsible yep. uh, that, yep. that has that is. And then obviously we've had you now. Uh, Brad Wilkins said it as well. We've had it and then Christian Welch came on and sort of spoke about the tightest friend that he ever had, uh, who he reckons would rival has. So we actually have uh, launched a tote. Team the tightest of all time. Um, we've been taking nominations in, in that field. Uh, James Spargo has been nominated already. Who you might have played a couple of games of cricket against. Would you have any nominations? Any other ones that you reckon uh, should should be ousted?
0: I think one that flies under the radar massively is Jimmy Pearson. Oh, you guys know, you know him well.
1: That is brilliant. Um, no, but like
0: I'm amazed at some of the comments, Jimmy. Will maze at times like, and it's not it's, it's kind of inconsistent tightness but it'll be like there'll be like old moldy bread at the supermarket and there will be like freshly made like literally straight out of like the bakers and it'll be like three cents more like you don't even you don't even and you'll be like oh I'm not paying 46 cents it's like mate like what and like it's sneaky like there's sneaky tightness to jimmy pearson so just keep an eye out for it because it's not common but when you see it you'll know and it's incredibly fun
1: that is brilliant (laughs) that's a nomination we will definitely be using (laughs) oh joe that's uh that's probably about it all we uh all we sort of had planned for you mate we appreciate your time so much thank you so much for coming on uh obviously as soon as uh, we get a little bit more uh, information about sort of when cricket can go back and stuff, we very much look forward to uh, to watching you excel again in Australian colours, mate.
0: Thanks, boys. Um, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, and all the best. Stay safe over this period. period. Hopefully see you guys soon. Hopefully... The North first Redlands games next year No pledging yeah. um, Unless it's about Jimmy or Harry partner
1: <laughs> Exactly And hopefully you're not slashed in for the first week And just get to yeah. do- <laughs> dominate
3: yeah. in the afternoon yeah, All the best mate I'll uh, see you training soon <laughs> See
0: Thanks. you
4: boys
1: Thanks see Thanks. And welcome back What a tune uh, Skinner, we might get you to lead the outro because you didn't say a great deal during the interview, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, shut.
2: Uh, okay. What are we doing? No, you don't that actually was... have to. It's fine. All oh, right. Okay. What was that, that was, though? Yeah, that continue. Was, sorry. Well, I'll give it a crack. Here we go. That was, uh, Joe Burns, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for hanging around and listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed it and... See you next week. You're a pig at it. Oh, what, do, what else <laughs> do we say here? <laughs> <laughs> With quite a bit.
1: It's usually not a six second outro. <laughs> yeah, Fantastic. Nah, uh things
2: <laughs> include, uh, go to the website, <laughs> check that out. <laughs> I created a website, we got the chocolates.com. You did you create a, a website. That's you fine. can send us an email at hello at we got as well, I believe. Mm, so but yeah. you may as well just go to the website because yeah. that makes it very easy for yep, you. Yep. Um, the other
1: thing that people need to be aware of, as we just heard from Joe, uh, a nomination from him, and you can also nominate. You certainly don't have to be a guest on the show to cast a nomination. You can go to the website, can Has, and you can get your nominations in there.
3: Definitely can video, uh, sorry, voice recording on the website. That's right, well, not the video, but we'll getting no, get a yeah, voice on yeah. <laughs>
1: through the speak pop, It'll be fantastic. We've had a few flooding in actually. You'd be impressed tonight, well, uh, and sad. we do have to sort of get a couple of selectors on board to make sure. We should probably set an end date too, because we, otherwise we're going to get nominations for years. You know. Yeah,
3: yeah, I'm sure we will. Yeah, uh, but happens. Not <laughs> we'll, right now we'll, we'll be putting updates On social media And stuff anyway So follow along there And, and see what happens On, on those Facebook mm. and Instagram And uh, TikToks And yeah, YouTubes
1: That's right Very good too. That's the socials as well Skin we do usually mention yeah. uh, The other thing We do like to remind you of guys Is wherever you choose To listen to your podcast Whether that be Spotify Apple Podcasts Or you can even view them On YouTube A lot of the time Uh, plenty of good stuff going on up there Uh, then we would love you to subscribe to us so that you do not miss an episode or a new piece of content that would be great and any sort of rating that you can provide is usually very helpful as well Um, now the other thing is guys we did not mention the best on ground we didn't get joe to have a say in that but we can do it between ourselves it's usually quite popular to go for the guest Uh, were we happy with his performance are you giving him the three votes
2: uh, I can start off by saying I was pretty happy with, with Joe's performance there. I was, thought it was a nice balance between some very insightful answers and then plenty of banter. Mm. So.
3: How can we ever give a, a guest who's there <laughs> for the whole hour yeah. not the best on ground? They
2: yeah. definitely do provide not question,
1: yeah. they <laughs> do don't question on, do how the award us? works. <laughs> <laughs> <and> <laughs> just embrace the award. <laughs>
2: it's, it's great recognition. But if there's ever right. a stinker... Even if we are just going to give it to the guests regardless, we can't use it as a chance to throw each other under the bus. Did did Lethal miss any buttons? If that's
3: that's coming from you, Lee, then I'll have to go with it because you're the only one yet to get a a sticker on the uh, best best Mm. on ground. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: Uh, Uh, (laughs) So I really know how it works. (laughs) I've won a lot of them. Um, No, I thought it was... Well, I didn't have any buttons to push in first (laughs) because Joe just spoke the whole time. There was no buttons needed. Uh, But that's okay. Um, No, everyone's pretty good. Yeah, well, there you go. Has there obviously is. offended him with the surfing chat, so mm. yeah, uh, oh, yeah he probably problem. stunk it up a bit there. Yeah, okay. Skinner, did you come to the interview? Hard to say. Yeah, no, I made a little guest appearance. <laughs> <laughs> I popped, popped anyway. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all right. Got a that's, few words. That's good. Great news. Uh, I think that's about all that we have for you guys. Obviously, the song's run out, so we've definitely gone over time, but that was sure. Billy in the Low Ground by Nat Keefe and the Hot Buttered Rum which is a classic band that we listen to quite yeah, often. Around of these parts. So get that on the UE boom and into your ears.
0: Want flexibility?
1: Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Obviously after the We Got the Chocolates podcast. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And best wishes in the future. See you guys. Bye.